comfortable seat if you're not These long seats, too, if you notice, they have like little butt crevices. Right. <laughs> they have bun crevices. Yes. It's, <laughs> you should have like a thing of wipes here. Just <laughs> done. Welcome back. This is the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. I'm Linda Bruno. And uh, I like to, you know, each show needs to have its own interesting opening. So <laughs> we're talking about the stools in the studio and how they have little little indentations for buns, but for crevices of your Took us. Who right? was the model? Who was the model for these? You know, George Costanza was a hand model. Who was the butt model for the chair? So we're welcoming back. Now, I know you use one name for voiceover, right? Well, I, I have my name, and then there's my website URL. So my name will always be Rob Carbone, unless I'm being arrested for Dewey. And then um, my website is bono-vox.com, uh, which is right now for my marketing consulting, but going to be switching to more of a voice focus. Okay, great. So welcome back. Thank you. Um, and if you had a chance to hopefully listen to the first part of our series of marketing do's and don'ts, um, there was a lot of information given during that hour-long podcast. We went pretty long on that one. And I spoke very fast because I'm from New York. <laughs> so we promised everybody that we would have a part two, and this is it. So we're going to talk about some things today. You didn't come with any notes this time. No, I'm going completely extemporaneously. <laughs> this is going to be like Robin Williams at the Met. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, good. So we are going to touch on a few things, though. Of course, all marketing related because you had such such great insight. Now, again, you've been doing marketing for many, many years, and now you've put on your voiceover actor hat, yes. which is how we met. Just to give a quick a quick a quick um, overview of the background here, but um, he has so many good tips of things to do and not to do that I thought it would be essential to share to the budding voice actors that are out there. Now, I know that, you know, you're involved uh, pretty heavily just like in social media as far as like looking for information uh, related to voiceover because it is, there's a plethora of websites, there's a plethora of people that you can chat with. Um, it's really cool that the voiceover industry has so many free resources, right, that you can sit there and check into. It's one of the positive things about social media. Um, and thankfully, none of the places I've gone to have people doing like beer funnels or things really obscene <laughs> that we have to block out. So just, you know. Mm -hmm. So now as far as like, but now you're getting yourself involved in the voiceover chats and the, the the blog posts and everything else yeah. that's happening. So you're having a chance to see maybe some of the mistakes some people are making as voice actors starting out with uh, online I don't wanna, presence. I don't know that I'd say it's mistakes because I understand that um, the people who are voice actors, um, marketing themselves is now a new concept. Um, for me, uh, marketing myself after many years of marketing other people and other products and services, there's going to be some challenges for me in regards to that. But mm -hmm. I've seen some things that um, <clears throat> it's questions being asked in, in the uh, chats. Um, I, I mean, the biggest one I saw, and hopefully this is a money saver for people, is uh, the use of CRMs or uh, customer relationship management tools. Um, and these are companies like, uh, you may know the names, there's Marketo, there's HubSpot, there's, if you use Salesforce, there's Pardot. Uh, these are fine, fine utilities. I use Nimble. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that um, these are geared more toward companies where you're talking about uh, hundreds or thousands of customers that are being broken down into different market segments if there's various products and services being offered. 
Um, and you may have segmentation as a voice actor. You might be working in different genres. But if you're not, if you don't have um, 500, 600 contacts and you're not generating content at such a high level or need to keep sharing things with people, using one of these CRMs, you know, it could take two or three years before you realize that the ROI, return on investment on it, is not what it you were hoping for. Mm. Um, a lot of what these can do um, for an individual doing this themselves, if you say have 100 uh, contacts that you're dealing with out th- throughout the industry, if you have Outlook or you have Gmail or you have even constant contact as part of that, these are all contact, um, they're, they're all uh, customer relationship management tools that have a much bigger focus on one aspect of it. So all of them are email tools. In the case of Constant Contact, a big, huge email tool. But there are little bits, there are pieces of it that will help you manage the relationships you need to manage. Can I ask you a question? Okay, so I use Constant Contact, and I I just saw the other day that it's like, oh, we're a CRM as well. So in what capacity could I use Constant Contact as a CRM? Okay, so uh, first of all, what's really nice is, and one of the things we talked about in the last... um, in the last conversation was when you send out an email, uh, you've created a list. You can update that list, and how much information you put in there is up to you. So if you put the person's um, name, address, email, and contact phone number, um, you write there. That's customer relationship management. You're managing that data. But within Constant Contact, you can send an email. You can send an invite. You can send a press release. Then you can do things like, let's say you sent it out to 50 people, and 20 of them say, you know what, this is information I want to share with someone else that I'm connected to. Mm, mm -hmm. They can forward that email. When they forward that email to that person, if that person sees the email and says, I want to subscribe, now you're using it as a way to bring new um, contacts in Mm -hmm. without physically entering them yourself. Another nice thing you can do is, you know, we send out emails. Um, It's monthly basis, bi-monthly, whatever. Um, And when you're dealing with uh, people in the business world, uh, we all know it. We get bombarded with so many emails. So emails, you know, if you send an email out on a Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. if that person took off early on Friday and they're not coming back till Monday, your email could be... You know, two or three pages down. It's timing. So one of the things that Constant Contact lets you do is a resend. So what they'll do is you schedule your email to go on Friday at 9 a.m. And then you can make an arrangement in there that says in four days, resend to anybody who hasn't opened my email. I love that. And they go through and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this person didn't open it. We're going to resend it. Mm -hmm. Now if it's the middle of the work week, they're going to get it. They're going to see it. Mm -hmm. Another nice thing you can do is... You might have people who are following you on social media but aren't subscribers to your email yet. You can set it up so that, okay, in one week's time, share the email as a post to my Facebook page. Mm. So now it's going up there. So now you might get someone, and again, we talked about Facebook. You can reach beyond the people who are following you. So let's say you're really good at that Mm -hmm. and you've got 500 followers, but you've got 2,000 people visiting your Facebook page on a regular basis. It's possible by posting up your newsletter, you might snag a couple of them who are going to sign up for for your newsletter. And that's how you pull more people in who are beyond... Your the, the you know you preach to the choir yeah. if you want to reach beyond the choir. Um, now, uh, constant contact is a CRM in some ways. 
there are certain things that they don't do that things like uh, Google or um, Outlook can do where you can literally go in and you have to play with it. I mean, I'm, I'm a real basic user of Gmail mm-hmm. and of uh, Outlook. I know these uh, capabilities exist, but I've never really delved into them. Uh, and the Dummies books are great for these, so Outlook for Dummies, Gmail for Dummies. <laughs> but there are ways where you can go in and you can say, okay, here's my contact list. Yeah. These are the emails that I sent to them. These are the ones that they opened. Um, there's also a really neat trick that you can do as far as using these, um, these tools to drive traffic to your website. And then if you get into like the real, uh, techie stuff, seeing how well your emails are working beyond just people opening them. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you have a website, you should have Google analytics on it. Once you have Google analytics, there's a way, um, to code a link that you're sending out or putting up on Facebook or wherever you're sharing it beyond your website. Yeah. And what you can do is you can code it with um, three or four different designations. And then when you go into Google Analytics, you can look at how did these people come in and you can look at the source code. But now you have to have that kind of knowledge to be able to do that, though, right? I mean, I wouldn't know how to do that. But again, this <laughs> my is... My web guy does it for me. But right. do you just have to hire someone to do it in case you're not knowledgeable in it or something you, you know can what? research? You know what? Like I said in the last on our last um, podcast, um, I I suggested that WordPress as a uh, yes. CMS mm-hmm. is very good because mm-hmm. once the site is built, you put in an effort and it doesn't take a lot of time. You can learn how to do it mm-hmm. and manage it yourself because you're not building it all from scratch. It's the same thing with Google Analytics. Once you have it in there, mm-hmm. once it's on your website, the code is on there. It's automatically tracking. You just have to be able to log into Google Analytics and. Mm-hmm. If this is your website, you should, again, I said this in the last one, command and control of everything associated to you. You should be the premier admin for that. You can go in and look at it. Or what's even better is you can set up automated reports to email to you directly. So let's say you're like, okay, you know what? I'm sending an email once a month on the 15th. Mm -hmm. I want it so that Google Analytics five days later or six days later, whatever it is, is going to generate a report just of this and email it to me. Oh, very cool. So, it, it, you know, and yeah. it, you know, you can, let's put it this way. You can, if you find someone who knows Google Analytics really well and they're willing to share the knowledge and maybe they're going to charge you to train you. But it's worth it. Yeah, because yeah. you, once you understand how the information you're putting out there is being received mm-hmm. and how it's working for you, um, it, it makes your life so much easier. Yeah, it's not just like a shot in the dark where you're just like throwing spaghetti against the wall, seeing what sticks. Right, and then and and, and, I, and I'm going to say this too: this, some of these CRMs, um, like Marketo, like Pardot, like uh, HubSpot, they do have some benefits if you have if you're very active and you have large audiences, because one of the things that's nice is they put code that resides on your website. And if you're looking, and I don't know how often this happens in voice voice work. It's possible it could. Maybe for some of the bigger producers and directors. But they have a way where if someone comes and visits your website and they visit it multiple times, at a certain point with information that's available on the Internet, they might be able to tell you, okay, this person was looking at your website and they're located in Southern California. Oh, they're in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. Oh, they worked for this company. Now you know that there's interest coming from a company from you, but it's going to take a while. Gotcha. Those kind of benefits, while they're worthwhile, you need to have a big enough enough 
practice as a voiceover person to justify that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, uh, and I'm saying we because I'm now stepping into this fully uh, and going after work, if anyone's hiring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever your voice actor's asking. Um, it, you know, it, it, you're an entrepreneur. You're a small business person. Yep. So you need to understand how your business works and what you need to do to make it work better for you. Right. We're constantly fine-tuning our voices, fine-tuning our reads, fine-tuning our editing capabilities. I just hit the microphone. <laughs> we also need to fine-tune and constantly work on how we're marketing ourselves because no one else is going to do it for us, nor should we trust anyone to do it for us. You should know. And you don't. And, and again, it's all about um, – there's a, there's a concept in the business world uh, with much larger companies. They talk about being uh, – Lean companies. And lean companies means people know their jobs, they know other people's jobs, and they're able to, they know what they're supposed to focus on, and they know how to do it the best so that they're squeezing every bit of value out of every dollar they're spending. We have to do the same thing Mm. because those dollars are more important. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other things just come to mind as I'm thinking about dollars is uh, once you get your website set up, Mm-hmm. And you know you're done paying other people, and you're starting to take things on your own. One of the things you should definitely do is establish a marketing budget, mm. and that marketing budget will include the stuff that's automatic. So if you sign up for Constant Contact, yeah, you know that every month you're going to get charged unless you pay on an annual basis. Right. The two benefits here are, is if you say, okay, you know what, I'm making a hundred thousand a year as doing voice work, and all my other expenses, I've got. $25,000 in profit. 10% of that should be to- put toward marketing. Hmm. Doesn't say you have to use the full 10%, but now the other thing you can do is once you say, I'm going to dedicate 10% toward marketing, look at those things you're already paying for that are expenses. Right. Because now when you go to do your taxes, they're going to say, well, how much of a profit did you make? Hmm. Well, I made this much, but I have all of these expenses. And those expenses are Everything. It's the cost of using constant contact. If you're working from home, as many of us are or will be, it's, you know, um, the Internet, electricity, heat. Right. Um, Even if you're if you're renting someplace or you're paying a mortgage, not so much with the mortgage, but if you're renting someplace, the accountants will tell you, yeah, this is what we figure this for. So if you're using this as a full time residence and a full time workspace, 50% 50% of that could become tax yeah, deductible. It's a percentage. I'm mm-hmm. not a tax person. I'm just making <laughs> yeah, a disclaimer, please. Disclaimer, <laughs> I'm not a tax person. In fact, I'm horrible with my own checkbook. Um, but you know, you have to think in terms of that as a small business person. And um, one of the things we were just um, we were just talking about during my lesson, by the way, she's the greatest teacher ever. Um, <laughs> one, plug there. <laughs> one of the things that I mentioned to you that I see is, and this is something I see with a lot of, not just in voiceover, but uh, a lot of companies, a lot of small businessmen, is when you get to a point where you've built up a certain reputation, a certain body of work, um, where people want to do work with you constantly, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's going to be your core work. When you're looking to get new business, people are going to evaluate everything you do. So this is very important for everybody. You are two people. One of you is your personal side. The other is the business side. And never the twain shall meet. Why do I say that? Some of us are very opinionated, whether it's politics, religion, sports, you name it. And it could be something that you don't even think is that bad. 
Um, we are in a society right now that the biggest hobby in the world is looking to be offended, and people will get offended about everything. So you have to, unless you are one of the top producer directors in this field or top voiceover artists where you're an automatic, this person is going to be hot, you're going to be hired because they love you and you're so popular. While you're building it up, and even after a couple of years, you've got to be agnostic in your business life. Now, does that mean agnostic take every job that comes down the pike? No, there's going to be certain things where they're going to come to you and say, we'd like you to work with us. And maybe you look at something and the business that they're in would clash with one of your values, one of your personal yeah. beliefs. You have the right... We. We have choice in this world. Sure. We have the right to walk away from business just like people have the right to walk away from us and not do business mm -hmm. with us. Everything is about choices. It's about making the proper choices. End of sermon. Uh <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I agree. As someone who has the voiceover gurus and all the social media yeah. attached to it, I'll be honest. When we, we like to follow a lot of voiceover talent so that way they can get information from us. But once a talent starts to spout political beliefs or anything that I feel is a sensitive subject, we unfollow because I do not want to be attached to that. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you can believe in what you want to believe in, but this is voiceover. I'm just talking voiceover. That's it. It's business and voiceover. That's all I want to be related to you in, in you know, that's all I want as far as a relationship goes. Right. So if you ever got unfollowed by us, it's because you probably spouted something about, um, and I don't, I'm not taking sides on anything. Right. You know, whatever. This is. And, and there's no saying you can't have an opinion, but at the right. same token. There's a you time know, and place for it. There's a time and place, but there's also a way to say it. Right. So if someone is <clears throat> hammering away saying something that you don't agree with it, you can respond one of two ways. You can go full on, this is my point of view, and we're now going to go head to head. Or you can simply say, in a way to lessen what they're doing and maybe give them that thought they shouldn't be doing this at all themselves, is just say, um, people have varying opinions. As long as we can agree to disagree, that's the important thing. Sure, but that doesn't ever wind up like that. Right. That Everybody has to go for the like I'll, I'll say something right now. Uh, I know you. F I, I, th I don't know if you follow me on Facebook. I know we're linked on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So I put up something today because I just thought it was. As I read it, I said to myself, "Okay, this just belies all logic." It was local politics, and it was something that was just so ridiculous. And the story was written by a news outlet that really supports this person, and I'm like, "Wow!" So we've gotten to the point where we're praising people for common sense. After they've already gone so far beyond when they should have used the common sense to begin with. <laughs> and, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'll post. One of the things I hate is... Now I hit the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> and here's another thing, too. is <laughs> as, stu as, as ridiculous as it sounds, it even extends to fandom of sports. <laughs> because I have seen people who... I will not talk to this person because they're a Met fan and not a Yankee fan. Yeah, and, yeah, oh, yeah. my God, they like the Red Sox in there. I get that being a Ranger fan. Suddenly the Islander... You're Islander a Ranger fan? fan? <laughs> I'm out. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> or I'm like, come on. It's a sport. I love hockey. I love all... I watched Game 7 last night, Stanley Cup. You know, so I don't care if the Rangers aren't playing. Yeah. I love uh, hockey. You know what? I, I Relax. <laughs> I've become very um, enamored over the last few months in Stoic philosophy. And uh, it, it's really interesting. But one of the things that I always think about, and it's they, in Stoic philosophy, they'll tell you, 
you need to remind yourself of certain things every morning to make the, the, the day go right for you. And one of those is this saying, it's um, memento mori. And it translates from the Greek, I believe, to you could leave this world today. And the, uh, the philosophy, is, philosophy of it is, you could leave this world today. So everything you do, you should be trying to do the best possible. Be the best person in your field. Be the best husband, the best wife, the best whatever. But be the best human as well. And the reality is, is that, you know, we, we, we're going to get another one soon, I'm sure, is one of those planet killer asteroids go, are going to hit us if it does. Does our opinion on something really matter anymore <laughs> if we're about to get knocked out of the ballpark by a large peach of stone flying or hurtling randomly through space? No. And no. We, take, we take things way too seriously in this world. And, um, you know, yeah, there's certain things that offend me. And I will uh, – I'll, I'll, I might share an opinion on it, but I'm also now – I'm very cognizant of the fact – and this is something that some of our young people don't realize – there are – repercussions for what you do right. you cannot blissfully do something and then say i don't care what happens after that because i got to say it no right. mm -hmm. you're going to deal with that mm -hmm. in the end and so many people don't realize that no um and it's it i i'm glad it took me 53 years to make that realization <laughs> as my parents look down from heaven going now you figured it out so <laughs> But basically, in regards to marketing, yes, you know, your social feeds, what you do, yeah. like you said, to keep the business and the personal separate, never the twain shall meet. So does it mean you use a different name? You have a stage um, name? I am a big advocate of um, if you're going to set up a business social media, uh, first of all, do not use a personal page for that. Even if you don't have a website or anything like that, you can set up a business page. Mm -hmm. um, business page works differently than a regular page. People can follow you. People can comment on what you're putting up there. You can keep it very business related. You were talking to me about that with the show. Is that the showcase page? Well, that's in LinkedIn. Oh, There's LinkedIn. showcase pages. Um, but, you know, if you want to separate out, like if you're going to use a professional name, so you're Linda Bruno, um, let's say you have a personal page. Maybe it's Linda B., or maybe it's Linda and your middle name mm -hmm. or something like that. I know a girl who has a page and she wants to share everything about her family, but she also doesn't want to be found on Facebook because mm. she had a stalker issue when she was younger. Oh, wow. Her first name is Christine. So she puts herself in as Chris Space Teen. Mm. And there's a lot of people who do that. Okay. Do that for your personal page. And you can share your business page with other people. Um, you you on, need to admin it, so you have to have an account to admin it as well. But then, as a voice talent, a lot of people with their personal page, maybe like for me, I have a business page, Linda Bruno Voiceover, and then I have my personal page, Linda Bruno. But it, you know, it says your history of where you work. So Linda works at Linda Bruno Voiceovers. You have again freedom of choice. You yeah. can say what's on there. But then I guess you're basically making the decision to not promote your business page on your personal page. Not at all. No. What do you mean? Because what you can do is is you are um, adminning your... There's, there's two ways to do it. Yeah. Your personal account is adminning your business page. Right. Right? So some things are going to get shared back and forth. Uh, and I'm about to say something that people are probably going to go, what? Um, I have 15 Facebook pages. <laughs> 15 Facebook pages. I have, uh, I think last time I counted, 17 email addresses. 
Wow. And there's a reason why. Are you in the witness protection program? I am. (laughs) No, actually, what it is is that, uh, like, you know, like I was saying before with email. Yeah. You go to a website. Okay, you want to read their white paper about something. Just give us your email and we'll email it to you. Now you're going to get bombarded until you unsubscribe. Right. So what I do is I have four or five email addresses <laughs> where if I want to go to a site and keep downloading content from them, but I just don't want to hear from them, I'll use one of those email addresses that's set up to automatically delete every email at midnight. So I don't care what they're emailing me until once I get it. Um, and with Facebook, I do the same thing. So I have I have a separate page for the people I um, did marketing consulting Wait, with. how are you getting an email address that's allowing you to delete any emails from incoming you can set it up that way you can block people you can you can email you have a lot of commands and control over your email seems to be a whole show in itself um (laughs) one of my favorite things is i actually i was talking to a friend uh we've talked about writing books because we both like um spy novels and we both want to write and uh we were talking about the things that you see in these old cold war spy movies and he's like, oh, you could never do that anymore with all of the videos, every- the video cameras everywhere. And it's the idea of a dead drop where someone shows up and they tape something underneath a bench in a park. And they go, and I did my research and I found out, no, there are companies that use email for this. Because here's the thing. You can go in and type out an email mm-hmm. and save it as a draft. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist anywhere on the internet until you send until it. Until you send it, right. So it's sitting there. So if you and I wanted to share personal stuff, but nobody else sees it, I set up an email address. Here's the sign-in. Here's the password. And I give oh. it to you as well. It now becomes a digital dead drop. Oh, very cool. So it's, you know, so there's ways to hide things. So you can set up multiple emails. Mm-hmm. There's no saying you can. Facebook, it's a little bit tricky. You have to have a separate email for each Facebook page. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you could have a Yahoo, a Gmail, an AOL, for, for those of you still using AOL. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I mean, you could have any number of email addresses out there. Right. And you're not using them for anything other than a way to set up Okay, so how do you remember the addresses? How do you remember the passwords? I mean, my okay. God. Um, I use Dashlane for my password manager. I use Dashlane for a lot of them, but I also do something else. I am very old school. You write them down? And then I handwrite them down. <laughs> and it's it's because... My mom does that. And you, but you know what it is? Here's she has the a thing. little book. Yeah, you have that but little book. But if you lose the book... Well, here's the other thing. <laughs> if you lose the book, you can't do anything. But let's say you just dropped your phone in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And all your passwords are on there. And phone numbers. I don't right. know anybody's phone numbers. So, I mean, <laughs> to have this book, this physical thing, the thing is, is that book has to be kept somewhere. Another thing I'll do, and I, people are going to be hearing this going, oh, my God, he's paranoid. Um, I have flash drives. I'll have seven flash drives. All of them have the same pictures that I have. Because when we were younger, when our parents took pictures, they had a, a printed picture. Mm. Then they had all of the negatives. Right. You don't have negatives anymore. All you have is that digital file. Mm-hmm. So I have, when I when I decide to back up all my pictures, family pictures and things like that, I have five flash drives. <laughs> and I literally will keep some in like, I'll keep one in a, um, I'll rotate them through my, uh, what's that box at the bank? Safety, oh, safety deposit, deposit box. box. <laughs> They're fireproof, stuff like that. Or if you have a fireproof <laughs> safe in your house, you know, and that's what you do is you keep these things there. And it sounds a little bit You work and my in- boyfriend would get along great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little of that in the cigars. <laughs> yeah. um, it's uh, don't smoke. Um, 
you know, it's there are some things that are that seem arcane in our digital world. Yeah. But um, it always brings me back to when I worked in the city. I would carry a book with me, and I'd read the book. And I had a guy sit next to me, and he's like, you read a book. I use an e-reader. And the train got stuck in the tunnel for an hour, and his e-reader ran out of battery. <laughs> and he's sitting there hitting it, and I go, gee, I wonder when the battery of my book is going to run out. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's right. It doesn't have a battery. I read a book on the train yesterday going to the city, and I could see people looking at me like, what is that? <laughs> it's yeah. actually a printed uh, collection of pages. <laughs> Little fun thing for when you're riding the, the, the subway or in the trains in New York, if you want to keep people away from you, carry a book about serial killers and a highlighter. Highlight pages and giggle while you're doing it while talking to yourself. No one will come near you, except for a couple of the people in the homeless. So. That's for tourists as well yes. who want to come visit here so, and so one of the other things we were talking about with social media is, and this was something um, one of the people on one of the Facebook channels, uh, Facebook groups I was on, asked people to look at his website and give him some feedback. And there were a lot of people giving him the same feedback. Make sure your demo's visible and stuff like that. Yeah. I gave him a couple of things. And one is, and this is, this is a style thing, but believe me, people will notice this and make you look more professional. If you have a website that's lindabruno.com, but your email is lynda at gmail.com, right. most um, website hosting companies will give you you can set up an email address, and it's going to be, you know, maybe it's $10 a month or whatever. But if you're doing this for business purposes, A, it's deductible, but B, it's now lynda at lindabruno.com. It's that little bit more professional touch. Right. Um, make sure that when you build a website, uh, you're going to use social media bugs. First of all, make sure they're visible all the time. This guy had them at the bottom of his page. You're talking about the little icons. Little icons. They're called gotcha. bugs. Okay. You have to scroll all the way down to the bottom to find his social media yeah, it bugs. Be there. Put them up on the top. Right. Or once you get used to using WordPress, and if you're doing it through GoDaddy, there are so many apps, you can actually have it that it's a sidebar. And when you click, they click on it, it'll fly out. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of cool things that make your yeah. website look cool. Yeah. Um, but on his website, he had Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. I will do this because I've evaluated people's websites before. Click on the Facebook link. Opens up to his personal page, but he's using his personal page for okay. his business. Mm -hmm. Clicked on the LinkedIn one, and it just opened up LinkedIn. So okay. if you're going to put those bugs, make have... sure they're going to whatever page you want people to see that's associated to your business. So if you have a Facebook business page, when they click on Facebook, it should go there. Not your personal. Right. Mm -hmm. If you have a LinkedIn company page, the same. If you don't have a company page, make sure it's going to your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because you want to make it... If you look at if you get into Google Analytics and you look at it, you'll see people. There's one statistic um, where people will come onto your website how quickly they drop off. Oh wow! And uh, if you have a lot of stuff you're trying to get people to look at, and you see that they're staying on your website from zero to ten seconds, yeah. that's called bounce rate, and your bounce rate's going to be through the roof. Mm. Um, the other thing you can see is how many pages did they look at? What pages were the most popular? Mm -hmm. What did they click on? I like that about constant contact because when I send out an email blast, it'll give me then the feedback of where the clicks were right. on the actual email itself, which gives great feedback, as well as the open rate and the click rate. Right. You know, so what do you think percentage-wise is good for someone that sends out an email blast? Like, um, if you're to be opened. If it's the first time you're sending out an email blast, if this is uh, – you've never talked to these people – when I worked in marketing for companies and I did trade shows, the rule was minimum 2% was success rate. So if I went to a show and we gathered 1,000 business cards or names, I send out an email blast, 
If 2% opened it, that's good. But it also depends on the, the audience, on right? the, the, audience mm-hmm. the product you're selling, um, what your return on investment is. So I worked for one company where we did uh, Microsoft shows every year because they were our main, co- main partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if people came to us and bought our product based on meeting us there, we were selling units of these, these uh, computer terminals. They went for $400 a pop, $500 a pop. Mm. So if we got 2% of that 1,000, which would be, what, 20% mm-hmm. or 20? If those two, out of those 20, two of them came to us or four of them came to us and said, yes, we're going to buy, and they bought 50 each, then the, the cost may have justified it. Just pause for a second. Sure. We'll pick that up because... Time for a commercial break. Yes. How do you handle a hungry man, the man handler? You can edit that out and just do the commercial. (laughs) Let's go back to... um... We had a little technical break there. Um, Okay, so let's pick up here. We're talking about click rates, open rates of emails, and what is successful. Uh, um, I I mean, if that's that's if it's an audience that you've never spoken to before. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll use myself for an example. You're saying two percent is good if it's two percent is the basis. If it's again, if you are, and a lot of it, it's like you have to measure it based on ROI and Mm -hmm. what it cost you to get those leads. So let's say you went out and you got a thousand leads and you spent five thousand dollars. At to do the show, mm-hmm. um, then it's five dollars a lead. Of course, when you add in all the other stuff, shipping costs, right. people staying there. Mm-hmm. So let's say you pay tw- end up paying twenty five dollars a lead. If one of those leads comes back and spends five thousand dollars with you, your ROI on that twenty five dollars is immense. Your ROI on the overall activity, you need four or five of them to do that. To justify it. Gotcha. Um, and ROI is one of those things that it's literally just, and this is why I said, make a budget, keep track of what you're spending. Because at the end of the year, uh, you're evaluating, well, I did constant contact and I joined um, this marketing group and I went, I did the, I did a couple of webinars and things like that. Each one of those is going to have its separate ROI, but in the end, you can look at it and say, okay, what worked for me? Right. Well, I did this webinar, and it cost me $10,000 to do four webinars in the year. And from that, I got five jobs and made $7,000. Right. There maybe you go. maybe mm-hmm. pull back and only do two webinars mm-hmm. uh, and do it based on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. With emails, it's a little bit easier because, you know, you said use constant contact. Unless you have 500 addresses you're paying the bottom level, and if you pay for it for a year, you're getting like a 30% discount. So your cost per month, right? For per, and, and you're also not limited how many emails you send out on a monthly basis. So right. that's going to drive costs down as well. I know. As mine far jumped up because I have over 500 contacts right. in constant. So then I went up to the next tier, Yeah, you know, which I was like, whatever. You're not thrilled about it because every month, yes, there are those costs. You know, I pay for Podbean to host the podcast. You know, the um, the little little things, every month I look at it and I go, do I still need this? Is this yeah. helping me with my business? Um, but, yeah, going up to that next level, I was like, you know what? It, I do wind up with a lot of, like, communication. People bookmark the newsletters. Right. They do come back and say, oh, you made me remember you. So, you know, I'll get a job out of it. So it'll pay for itself. Well, something to watch, but. too, with this. And, and in this case, <clears throat> you'd have to do it on a month-by-month basis and not take advantage of the full year. Mm-hmm. Um, is you just went past 500. Mm-hmm. 
how far past 500 did you go? Because if, let's say it was you went up to 505, and in order for you to email all of them, you have to pay for the next level. But let's say two emails down the line, you have 25 people who unsubscribe from your email and opt out. Mm. You're now back below 500. Gotcha. And you may want to pay Keep that. watching the. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times, constant contact will be good about it. If you paid for a year and you suddenly move up above 500, they'll come to you and say, well, we'll prorate you for the rest of the year and mm. stuff like that. And it's the same thing. If you have a big drop off and you tell them, they'll say, okay, we'll. I know it's more expensive month to month, but I'm more of a month to month person because I have to try it first. I got to see if it works for my business. Again, what it comes down to, too, is. Uh, I mean, it's more the, monitoring, the, obviously. The flexibility, the monitoring. Yeah. Um, and again, in constant contact, you can set up monthly reports that get sent to you. Right. Uh, based on all of your emails, open rates, unsubscribes, things like that. Um, but again, keep in mind, you're a business. So when you go and do your taxes. Right. I, yeah, all that gets written All off. of that gets, that gets mm-hmm. put in there. Uh, and that includes everything from, you know, all the equipment we buy, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I just, I'm building my little recording studio at home. I'm keeping track of all of those yep. costs. It's not a lot because I'm being very economical about it and smart about it. But at a certain point, I'm... they are expenses. Yeah. You know, it's the cost uh, of doing business. You know, I'm looking at microphones and it's like, okay, you know, the really, like, the, once I get into this and I'm knock on... There's no wood, so I just knocked on marble. <laughs> um, you know, I am going to be successful and be doing this where there might be an engineer who comes along and says, okay, you need to use a better microphone. I've got to go out and buy a better microphone now. Um, but those are things that you graduate to. Right. You know, as you grow in your in your path of this. I mean, I didn't start off with some pheno- you know phenomenal microphone. I used a microphone that was great. It worked for me at the time. Um, I had a computer that worked for me at the time. It wasn't like you. That's so why I tell people, if you're just starting out, don't go and blow a whole crap load of money on this high-end studio until right. you know, A, you're going to do this. You're going to really jump in and you love it because it's a hard business and you have to have that tenacity and you've got to have that passion that makes you want to keep you know, keep going. But I've had students go, oh, no, I went ahead and I bought this sound booth. And I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. Slow down. You're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars that I think it's too soon. I've no. done that in the past, and I've learned from that lesson. Yeah. Uh, another thing, and because we're talking <clears throat> about costs, and I, I know I touched on this uh, in the first podcast, but it's something that, um, you know, we did the uh, Long Island voiceover takeover two weeks ago here, which was awesome. If you're in the <laughs> area next year, definitely come and do it. Yeah, it's going to be an um, annual thing. <laughs> I had a couple of people ask me about, you know, would you look at my website? Would you, could you build a website for me? And people who offer the last podcast contacted me. Yeah, uh, Yeah, and I, I build websites. But you'll get these companies, and especially on LinkedIn. I got one today, and I'm ready to fire off a email to this guy. Um, because I have in my, my LinkedIn profile. Okay, if you send me a connection request, and you automatically solicit business from me that shows, A, all you're doing is trying to make money, and B, you didn't even take the time to read my profile, you're going to get a nasty gram, and I'm going to disconnect from you. (laughs) And this guy sends me a message, and obviously he didn't read it because he's like, oh, we want to help you with your website needs. He's automated. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. There are companies out there that are going to come to you. They're going to see you, and... They're going to say, oh, well, this person, maybe they need, they don't have a website. They need a website yeah. and they need social media yeah. and they're going to promise you the world and they're going to promise you a great website and they're going to tell you things that maybe don't apply. Mm. So here's the things that you need to be careful of. If someone comes and says, we're going to get you uh, in the top pages of Google for SEO, doesn't really need to be done. We're going out as a community looking for people for work. 
when we build up a certain level of um, expertise and people know us, word of mouth, people are going to come to us. Referrals, yeah. It Mm -hmm. matters not at all that you're top of the page of SEO. Uh, We're going to get you on every social media platform. That's fine. But as I said to two of my accounting customers when I went in to help them, I said, they have you listed on Pinterest, YouTube, (laughs) and Instagram. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. One of their accountants? Yeah. And I said, okay, I want you to do me a favor. (laughs) Step outside of yourself and look at you doing your job. Do you think anybody wants to see you doing that? Um, and, and then, and then it's the same thing too, is they'll tell you they're going to build this website for you mm-hmm. and it's four ninety five a month or four ninety five to build it and then X amount to manage it. As I said in the last one, getting a website built, if you want to get a company that, that knows what they're doing, because there are some people who specialize in building websites for voiceover people, mm-hmm. that's great. Go with them. They're going to put together a site for you really quickly. Yeah, perfect for what your needs. Especially if it's WordPress. Mm-hmm. But the moment mm-hmm. they do that, just make sure that you let them know. I do not want you to manage my site month to month. If they have a, uh, a package for doing uh, tech support that you're paying for a monthly basis and they allow you three phone calls a month, yeah, sign up for something like that until you feel comfortable doing it yourself. Hmm. But a lot of these companies are coming to you uh, and they're hoping that once you build the website, they build the website for you, that you're going to say, well, I'm going to let them manage it. And that's where they make... I can build a website for you for $495, but if you let me manage your website for $159 a month, which is a discount because normally I charge $199 a month if you pay me up front, they don't care what they charge you for the website. They're going to go cheap because they're hoping to make bank on you for months and months and months. Yeah, it's a long game. Um, A long game. And a lot of them limit what they'll do. Yeah. So you've got to be careful about that. Uh, And it's with everything else, and this is one thing that – Again, Stoic philosophy, there's a term, amor fati, and that basically means love your experiences because every single one of them teaches you. Um, I've taken a step back as I'm now mature, and I look back at all the lessons I've learned, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I'm, I want to make this work, the voiceover. I really want to be involved in this. Mm-hmm. After the voiceover thing with Everett, hey, Everett, um, <laughs> you know, my, my head is spinning with stuff, and you know I'm, I'm like branching out into other things. But I'm doing it, I'm trying to do it logically mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not setting myself up for a big fall. So I'm not overextending myself with costs right now. I have to say, and, a fire has been lit in you. Oh, God, let me tell you. Um, and this is, <laughs> Everett, if you're listening, this Everett is Oliver. all your fault. Um, Everett Oliver. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, um, the man stares at you and can stare right to the back of your skull. You can follow him at my booth director. That's his uh, Instagram handle. That's his Twitter handle, my booth director. Yes, and, and he's he is, amazing. He knows his stuff, and he. Um, when I did the the takeover, I came in thinking, okay, working with Linda is going to be good, and working with Gabby Nistico Nistico mm-hmm. about promotion. I don't know, Everett, the animation. I'm not going to want to do this, and a half an hour with him, and it's like, oh my god, I can do this. So, <laughs> well, so, now it's great because you've it's ignited a fire in you, yeah. a learning fire, which now you're like, okay, I'm open to more improv classes, which is something that everybody should be doing, right? And you're gonna, you know, tap in with a list for some acting stuff yes. too. But, the, but but where I was heading with that was I see a lot of people who are going on it and I'm not, I'm so new to all of this that I'm just getting ready. We're going to do my demo reel and I'm getting ready to start sending that out. Um, I see these people who are making what I imagine 
I would have probably done 25 years ago if someone said to me, I have a good voice and do this. Mm. They're literally going on and going, hey, I recorded myself on my iPhone. I'd like to get some work. Anyone need me? <laughs> uh, okay, you know what? That would be like me walking. You know, I'm a Met fan. That would be like me going to spring training and going, um, yeah, I'm ready to play first base and bat clean up. Let's get rid of this Alonzo kid. He's not cutting it. <laughs> I know, you know. I know. You know, it's it's literally you have to get past, and it's with any endeavor, anything you're going to do. Uh, just because your friends and family tell you you're good at something <laughs> doesn't mean you should be going to the American Idol tryout and then getting crushed when they go, it's a no for me. Right. So <laughs> I know, I know. But you know what? I give, I give people credit that they have the passion to do it. Like I said, this is a journey. Yeah. It is not a one-time thing of just getting behind a microphone and, <clears throat> you know, the rest takes in, takes yeah. over. But, um, yeah, as long as you view it as that, a, a business and a journey right. and something that has to be learned. But it's interesting with the marketing and the marketing budget. Um, you know, I just always did these things, but I didn't think about the fact that I should be partitioning out an actual budget. Well, what that does, it. and this is more on the business side of it, is like I said, when you go to your accountant, your accountant is going to do, um, you know, and as an individual, you can go out and get a... Uh, 10, a tax identification number. But because you're an individual and you don't have a corporate structure or anything like that, your 10 is your social security number. Um, But they can do business expenses in there because you are a freelance entrepreneur. Um, now, you're talking about if you just do like a DBA or, you know. Do you just yeah, like... you could do a DBA, but you're the only person and you're right. doing your business uh, your business taxes with your personal taxes mm-hmm. uh, because it really is your income. Um when you do your income taxes, if you've just spent uh, money to uh, improve your house or do things like that, there are tax advantages to claiming that. I worked in solar, and if you have are paying a lot of taxes, putting solar on your house, you can take advantage of certain tax breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what we do here, when you go and speak to your accountant, they're going to ask you, well, what was your, how much did you make? If, you know, as I said, if you make $100,000 a year, and you're a sole proprietor, you're a separate person, you say, oh, I made $100,000. You've got to figure in every expense because that's not your profit. That's not what you have to be paying taxes on. So there are certain things. If you're paying for your own health care, there's a tax advantage to that. Mm -hmm. If you're buying equipment for your business, that's tax deductible. Mm -hmm. If you're paying monthly fees or annual fees for different services for rent and things like that subscriptions do so you literally have Mm -hmm. to become a somewhat accountant you know go into quickbooks set it up in there and hey i highly recommend though that your accountant you know it'd be great if you had an accountant who had some experience with either actors or freelancers that can give you those advantages if you can find a good one then that's great because they're going to understand our business they're going to understand and might and help you find the places that you could save some money or not get taxed on it of course this isn't a we were going to talk about marketing we were talking about taxes but um yeah i mean it's always great information to know right and it's the same thing like um roy yokelson yokelson uncle roy uncle roy um he just went to a uh a weekend like a conference. A conference. Right? Yeah. That his cost for flying there, staying in the hotel, his meals, his attendance, that is all a business expense. And that's got to be figured in against what you're making. Let me tell you, whenever I go down to Florida to see my mom and I set up my studio and I work the whole week, I may be seeing my mother. I'm still working and I can still write off portions of that trip. You just went to the city. Your train ticket. Yep. Subway. If you had to eat a meal while you were in there. Yep. These are all things that, and people don't think about it because they're little tiny expenses. Yeah. Um, but, you know. It used to be we could write off dry cleaning. Can't do that anymore. 
Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> it used to be an auditioning expense. <laughs> um, I used to work. I, I worked for companies where I used to be able to write off my um, mileage, even though they were paying me for it, and then they stopped that, uh, which used to be great because I used to get like fifty cents a mile, and I'm like, I'm not putting that much wear and tear on my car, so I'm just making money. I'm padding everything. If the IRS is listening, I didn't say that. Um, What's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I'm. I mean, I know we were looking to talk about marketing. We got a little bit, uh, which. Listen to our first one. It's not odd. Um, we went off on tangents and everything like that. But uh, it's it it it's marketing one on one. It's basics. But then once you figure it out and you understand it, mm-hmm. um, it's putting it into practice and saying to yourself, just like anything else, we know that we're going to spend eight hours a day, five days a week, whenever those days are. It may not be typical nine to five, Monday through Friday doing auditions, doing recordings, doing that. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure into that also managing your business. You you have to manage all of the things you're doing. And that's where when you start doing the marketing, it's going to start becoming clear. Things will become, uh, make sense to you. I went to a regional event here um, because it was my first time going to one as a potential voice actor. And I went and spoke to people and I got nine or ten contacts. Uh, will I go back next year? Yeah, because if I have some local clients and I want to just go and talk to different businesses, I'll probably do that. But three years down the line, will I go? If it's if it's free, yeah. But if if it's not, what does it benefit me to go if I'm not right? going to get something out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, participating in webinars and things like that. You have to you have to as much as you have to work as a voice talent. You also have to work on being a business person in regards to that. Yes. Because that's where you're getting checks. How much of that are you going to get to oh, keep? Yeah. The better business people get to keep more. Look, the performance aspect is great, but the the majority of it now in the way that the model is, is business. Yeah. It really is. And that's what I tell people that come to me. They want to learn. I say, are you prepared to run your own business? Yeah. You can't get around it. It's just there's no no agent is going to be taking care of you anymore. This is... You are out there on your own, doing your own thing. Are you cool with marketing? Are you cool with sales? Are you cool with bookkeeping? Can you handle invoicing? Are you okay with collections? <laughs> are you okay with, this is beyond even just delivering, you know, producing the product, delivering the product, having the client yeah. relationship as well, you know, to have those repeat customers. And one last thing, and this is something, because you mentioned uh, DBA, and it was just something that occurred to mm-hmm. me. Um, yes, you can, whatever state you live in, you can go and register with the state, $25, $50 fee, so you have a DBA. But you should have a separate checking account. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but here's the thing, is once you register as a DBA, that becomes public information. And you have local businesses who are going to go buy that list on a monthly basis for $10, and they're going to work that list. And they're going to send you letters, and they're going to call you up. And it could be like advertising in the local little tiny newspaper. Mm-hmm. It could be a radio ad on the local <laughs> radio station. Um, you have to be firm with those people and just say, no, what you have to understand what's the best way to promote your business and mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. And if someone uses the word synergy with you, Either run from the room screaming or take a baseball bat to them because that is that is one of those words where they'll just say, no, there'd be a great synergy here for you at this meeting. And then you're sitting there saying to yourself, well, he used the word synergy. I guess there could be it's synergy. A fancy word. I'm in an avatar watching them kill sheep. So, yeah, I guess I could get some voice work out of this. No, they're baffling you with bull. Can I curse? Sure. Shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're literally and, – and, 
everybody is looking right. to make a dollar. Um, and yes, you may be a local business, but you know, like I say, like I say about anything, whenever a business is going to look at engaging in a new avenue of marketing or promoting themselves, how does it serve you? Does it serve you to get listed? for words on you know go with a company that does search engine marketing or seo and they're gonna you're gonna pay them a thousand dollars a month google adwords to get you listed and get your ad up there but they're promoting it out nationally and you only work in in the local area or what if you know you're they're, they're you're paying them to get you listed in google adwords and have your ad up there but no business comes from Google AdWords. How many people goes, I need a voice actor. Let me type in voice actor. Hey, there's an ad. Let me click on that. I have to tell you my horror story when I started out. And this is how I will end the podcast on one of my failures. Um, I started trying to work with Google AdWords. I was living here on Long Island in Minneapolis. This was like the early 2000s. Okay. I didn't understand it. I was just like, oh, Google AdWords. Okay, so yeah, keywords and people bid on the words. Sure, I can get in here. So, of course, I'm like voiceover. I, you know, put in my, give them my credit card. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting some leads. I'm getting some. And I wound up with uh, actually a large company out of India hiring me to do some long form stuff. And I was like, oh, this is great. End of the month, I get a bill. <laughs> and I'm like looking at my credit card statement, and it was like two thousand dollars. Yes. And I'm like, holy crap! What did I do? I freaked out because I was like, I have obviously canceled the account at that point because I obviously didn't know what I was doing. Thank God this client that I got made me a lot of money, so I, I kind of rationalize it like, okay, it paid for it. But holy crap! Like, talk about just diving in, going, hey, let me try this. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're ending because you just saying that it brought up a whole other topic <laughs> with me that I could spend 15 minutes on, and it's and 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 I'll just put it this way: Google AdWords is a psycho circus. It's never, it's never, never, never going to work. The only people who constantly make money off Google AdWords is Google. Um, there are. But you have a good SEO guy to do it, or girl. Do yeah, it but for you. but again, is SEO going to help you if you're not? Well, you know. in fairness, you know, I don't spend a lot on Google AdWords every month because my guy's got it all set up. But I do get a couple of leads yeah. a month. But you know where you could spend that money and <clears throat> probably get some more leads more effectively? Hmm. You can do ads in Facebook and ads in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And here's the difference between them and Google. So you said the keywords. You've got to create a list of five thousand keywords, and when they type it in, you got to hope that your 50 cent bid for a click isn't going to be auto bid by someone else because that's a dirty secret. Oh, is companies right. can set up something called an auto bid. And what they'll do is they'll auto bid. If you've got a competitor, they'll auto bid every single word just to try to bankrupt to you through Google AdWords. <laughs> With Facebook and LinkedIn, LinkedIn, there's a bid. Facebook, it's usually like 50 cents just to put it up there. But what's interesting is with Google, you're hoping somebody terps in a certain term or words. And the thing with voiceover, it's right. high cost. Oh, yeah. Voiceover. yeah. Um, solar was the same thing. But if you go into Facebook and LinkedIn and do it, number one, you can set a budget. You can set a limited time run. Yeah. But you can also say, and especially in LinkedIn, this is really cool, you can say, only show my ads to companies working in these, people working in these industries with this title. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is with Google and with Facebook and LinkedIn is when someone types in and logs in, they're being served the ads based on who they are, not right. by what they type in. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same thing with Instagram ads. Mm -hmm. It's nice, but it's... Facebook. I've done Facebook ads before for the classes here, but I like the fact that it could be regionally select yeah. So it's like a radius, which was great because I only want to target the Long Island market. 
you know, yeah. I don't I don't need to go outside of it. And when it's that focused, it was great because like through Google, a lot of people find the studio through Google. Right. Um, That's how I found you. Yeah. Um, but Facebook was has been really good in that yeah. regard, too. So there's a L- lot. LinkedIn, if you're doing more, <clears throat> if you're doing a lot of dealing, trying to get in touch with corporate people. So like, you know, you and I have been working on certain genres for me. Um, if I decide to do that, you know, if I get some work and now I have a body of work to show, I might try LinkedIn um, advertising mm. to go in there and see if I get any. Just show to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the alternative to that is also join groups in LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you can post up there. Don't put po- when you're posting on social media, don't just post ads. Don't just post. Yeah. I'm looking for work. You need to contribute. You need you need to Give somebody a compelling story so they come and listen to you right. and want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And they view you as someone they want to work with or at least have a conversation. Makes sense. So it's conversational. I, what you tell me all the time. Conversationalism. I feel like there's so many more things to talk about. So you know what would be nice, actually? <clears throat> if anybody has any questions marketing-related, email-related, things like that, please email me, info at voiceover.guru, because it would be a great thing for me to you know pass over to Rob, and then maybe we'll just do another podcast and answer the <laughs> questions, you know, because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And what's your email again, Rob? My My email is... One of your 17. One of my 17. <laughs> um, my, my main one to get to me directly, which someone used off of this, is rcarb, R-C-A-R-B, 007 at gmail.com. 007. Yes, I'm a huge James Bond fan. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Very cool. So uh, you're open to people asking you questions. Yeah, and, and like I said, people at the, at the voiceover takeover. Um, I'm I'm not averse to help to building a website for someone. My rates are really low, but I just have to hammer home the fact that once I build your website and I show you how to set up your social media and stuff like that, I don't want to manage it for you. I've got my own career to do. Take it over. Learn it. Embrace it. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably a good deal. Thank you so much again for Thank sharing you. all your knowledge. Thank you. This wraps up yet another episode of the Voice Over Gurus podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. 